Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet podcast. Richard Lane with you on Thursday, February the 5th. In this week's podcast, we're going to discuss hip fractures or more specifically, what is the best mode of care for elderly people who have experienced hip fracture? Well, we published a randomised trial today on the topic, which is from researchers at Trondheim University in Norway. And earlier, I was lucky enough to speak to two of the authors on the paper. Here they are introducing themselves. My name is Olaf Sletvold. I'm uh, head of the Department of Geriatrics at the St. Olaf's University Hospital in Trondheim. And I'm also a professor at the NTNU, the Norwegian University of Science and Technology in Trondheim. My name is Ingvil Saltvet. I'm a consultant at the Department of Geriatric Medicine and a researcher at the same department. And I'm also associate professor at the NTNU. Many thanks to you both for joining the Lancet podcast. We're here to discuss your research paper published Thursday, February the 5th. And this is looking at a very important aspect of healthcare which will touch on many health systems worldwide and that is how best to manage patients, older geriatric patients, after hip fracture. Let's start off with some context. What were the aims of your research and what is the unanswered question here in terms of healthcare for this uh, group of patients? We know that nearly 50% uh, of survivors never return to the pre-fracture mobility and one-third are capable of walking independently. And it's also so that one-fifth enter long-term care facility during the first year after a fracture. So this illustrates the, the poor prognosis. Hip fracture patients, they are usually old, they have multiple diseases, functional impairment, and in our opinion, they could be defined as geriatric patients, both before the fractures and more so during the uh, acute hospital stay. And especially after. So while we know that from earlier research that uh, uh, comprehensive geriatric care improves the prognosis uh, in acutely ill and frail uh, geriatric patients, we asked the question, could it be so also for older people with hip fracture in the acute phase of the fracture? So uh, that was a a general question about the topic. And um, in our uh, hands, comprehensive geriatric uh, care consists of uh, an interdisciplinary teamwork, use of checklists and treatment protocols, and extensive collaboration. Looking at the previous studies, we felt that the size and the quality of these studies were suboptimal, and uh, they had been conducted within a uh, very mix-up of, of context. So therefore, we asked, could we answer a research question by running a sufficiently powered trial with a clean design and using a rather radically different model as compared with traditional care. That is, most other studies, they were mixed up with different elements uh, regarding context. But we chose to to ask the question, what about a clean geriatric context as compared with traditional orthopedic care. And that was actually what we did. Can you tell us about a little bit uh, briefly about the methodology of the study? And in particular, I'm interested to hear about the scale that you use to assess mobility. We 
chose to do a randomized clinical trial. We wanted to include home-dwelling patients being more than 70 years, being able to walk 10 meters. Because we, we have focused on mobility, we excluded those not able to walk, and we also excluded nursing home patients. The scale we chose was the short physical performance battery, and that is a performance scale that consists of three subtests, including a time balance test, a time walking test, and a, a time chair rising test, where we um, are testing the patients in different uh, balance positions. We are measuring the uh, walking speed and also how many chair rises a patient can do, how many seconds a patient uses for chair rising. In many respects, this STD test is more of a, an objective test of what the patient is actually capable of doing, a strength of, of the measurement, because many of the previous studies they have used uh, questionnaires and not measuring objectively what the patient actually can do. Geriatric treatment took place in a defined area in a geriatric department. We had five beds for hip fracture patients and uh, we had a staff, a very competent staff, uh, delivering care, specialized care. The doctors optimized treatment of relevant diseases like cardiac and renal insufficiency, electrolyte disturbances, anemia, dehydration, overhydration, undernutrition, and we're optimizing the long drug list that the patient uh, very often brought with them. And we had a strict monitoring and treatment of pain, and we focused uh, relevant information. We tried to prevent delirium, and the patients were motivated for splitting of long periods of lying and sitting and to do an, a, a specified exercise program. I think it is also important that we had information on how the patient was before he broke his hip and uh, that we could uh, make uh, realistic goals for each patient because when they come uh, to the hospital in the delirium and are very sick, it's not easy to see which patients have a potential to be very fit afterwards and which one does not have it, this potential. So, so we differentiated uh, the treatment and the treatment goals. Uh, and made them realistic for each patient. Much more rigorous, much more customised care then in the geriatric specific group than conventional orthopaedic care. Now, moving on, tell us about the findings and differences on this scale, the mobility scale. What we found was a statistically significant better score for the comprehensive geriatric care patients, both at four months and 12 months. Well, the maximum, uh, the maximum score was uh, 12 points, but when we look at the scoring for the patient after 12 months um, after the fracture, we see that they, the mean score is between four and five points. So um, when, when I said that the patients were rather frail before the fracture, they definitely were frail after the fracture and, and uh, especially during the, uh, the index day, but also after 12 uh, months. The difference 
between the groups was 0.74, and the mean top score for the uh, geriatric group was about uh, 5.5. And sorry, the scale ranges from 0 to... 12. To 12. Okay, 0.74 at the outset may not sound very much, so presumably you think that's an important difference. Then we had to go into the literature, and uh, at least there are one group who had been doing um, testing uh, of the scale, and they have concluded that a difference of 0.5 is defined as a clinically meaningful change in single patients while 1.0 point uh, is defined as a substantial meaningful change. Any thoughts as to as to how that came about, presumably because of the rigorous one-to-one kind of assessment that, that was going on in the geriatric care group? We think so. We had a, a rather extensive collaboration between the physiotherapists and the occupational therapists and especially the, between the uh, physiotherapists and the nurses and the health nurses. I also think that uh, we had uh, differences uh, during the hospital stay, but it was also differences at four and 12 months. And I think they are also related to the patients being fitter, that they feel more well and that uh, they are able to to train more and to be more active than uh, the control group. Tell us about cost-effectiveness, because this is the crucial thing, isn't it? General comment, it is so that the most important driver in costs uh, in healthcare is institutional care. And uh, therefore, we often see that hospital managers focus on the index stay and the the potential readmissions before 30 days after the fracture. But they often disregard long-term consequences for uh, for other sectors, uh, that is the primary healthcare sector. What we found was that, which was very interesting, that while the index stay was somewhat longer in the, in the comprehensive geriatric care group, the control patients or the patients from the orthopedic care group, they had more hospital uh, days after discharge the following, following years. In fact, one more day than if, if you combine the index day and the readmissions uh, during the following year. In our study, from the uh, comprehensive geriatric care, uh, we were able to discharge directly home one-fourth of the patients by, uh, while the traditional care managed to, uh, to discharge only one-tenth of the patients directly home. So, and that is important for the evaluation of the of the costs and the use of of care resources. In fact, the comprehensive geriatric care reduced the use of of the nursing home and rehabilitation facilities. Thank you. And final question, again briefly if you would, where do we stand with clinical guidelines, which presumably vary from region to region in the world, about how we look after, how we care for elderly people who have had hip fractures? Are there some guidelines already calling for specialist geriatric care? Yeah, and especially in UK, um, they, um, you have the UK Blue Book that should set an example for, for the rest of the world, actually. And um, this blue book for uh, uh, UK uh, orthopedics and geneticians has also been evaluated by the NICE 
and they support these recommendations, saying that uh, also geriatric input is strongly recommended during the acute stay, um, focusing strict discharge planning and extensive interdisciplinary collaboration. And I also advocate uh, follow-up and leadership across sectors from this uh, orthogeriatric unit. And also the Scottish um, and the Australians um, agree very much on the input of geriatric medicine. Uh, what is surprising uh, is that the U.S. Uh, orthopedics and geriatricians and endocrinologists, they have a rather weak guidelines on, on what we have, uh, what, what, what we are talking about here. Somewhere you find a strong uh, geriatric component uh, uh, in the guidelines, but in many places you don't find them at all. Now we have produced the strongest evidence there is. I think that um, our results uh, firmly support the establishment of orthogeriatric facilities worldwide. There should be no doubt that um, geriatric input in, into hip fracture treatment uh, should be uh, compulsory, actually. Because uh, we discussed the primary endpoint, that was mobility, but uh, we also have, uh, have uh, significant differences uh, in other aspects, especially within uh, function, in uh, basic and instrumental activities of daily living, and the quality of life is uh, better. And also the uh, fear of falling is less in the geriatric group than in the orthopedic group. And I think all these results together is very important for the patients and also for the research on the cost effectiveness. Let's hope that these findings will help cement good practice guidelines in health situations across the world, not just in Norway or Northern Europe, but I hope wherever there are populations of geriatric people needing care after a hip fracture. I thank you both authors here on the line from Norway for talking to The Lancet. Thank you very much for the opportunity to talk to Lancet. Thank you. And thanks very much for listening. See you next time.